the book of Deuteronomy, chapter number 23. And our study in Sunday school, <clears throat> Brother Thomason uh, brought out last week uh, about the Syrophoenician woman and how that, uh, uh, you know, she was, of course, a Gentile, and the Lord uh, uh, said it's not meat to take the children's bread and cast it to dogs. And he talked a little bit about dogs, and, uh, and uh, that's been on my mind, so I may get in trouble. I hope not. Uh, I'm going to bring a message on dogs today. And uh, I know some of you are very fond of dogs. And uh, I like dogs. I had a collie dog, was registered, and he died. And so I haven't uh, uh, gotten one after that, uh, primarily because I don't feel I have time to properly take care of him, and I can't get Billy to come take care of it since he lives in Hickory now. So... Uh, but, uh, you know, the Bible has a good, good uh, deal to say about dogs. And, and uh, you know, I hope, I hope the message will be a help. We're going to look at it in a little different way than you might think. Deuteronomy 23, verse 17 and 18. And this scripture has puzzled uh, people for a long time. And I hope we can answer that satisfactory today. Deuteronomy 23, 17. There shall be no whore of the daughters of Israel, nor a sodomite of the sons of Israel. Thou shalt not bring the hire of a whore, or the price of a dog, into the house of the Lord thy God for any vow. For even both these are abomination unto the Lord thy God. Let us pray. Our blessed Heavenly Father, as we bow before you today, I thank you for the Word of God. I thank you, Lord, for another opportunity that we have to preach. Thank you, Lord, for these that have come today. Help me, Lord, to be a help and a blessing <clears throat> to each one today. Save any who are lost and revive our hearts today. Give us instruction and understanding. Help me to rightly divide the Word of truth and bring the message in a way that will honor you. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, let me give you a few facts about dogs before I get into the uh, scriptural part of it. Uh, this figure is uh, somewhat out of date, but I looked in encyclopedia, and he said there were, at the time, 22 million dogs in the United States. That's more than 200 breeds. 115 are pure breeds. Uh, all dogs have the same number of bones, regardless of how small they are or how large they are. They're still dogs. Each front foot has five claws, uh, four claws on the back feet. And they're carnivorous, meaning they live chiefly on meat. Their teeth are designed in such a way to tear uh, the prey or an animal. Uh, they're able to hear sounds that we're not able to hear. Their sense of hearing is better than man. And their sense of smell is even better. That's why dogs are used to hunt with, and uh, they can smell things that you cannot smell. Uh, but uh, their sense of sight is not as good. They do not see colors, we're told. They only see black or white or gray. Uh, and uh, 
according to those that have studied dogs. I don't know how they figure that out, but that's what they say. Now, uh, dogs have been around from the beginning. Uh, when God created all things, all animals and man. Now, the ancient Ethiopians respected dogs so much, and I, I was amazed to discover this, that they once chose a dog to be their king. And they did whatever they thought it meant when it barked. <laughs> so uh, Fido was king of the Ethiopians uh, at one time. Now, uh, you know, uh, some people feel uh, very, very strong toward dogs and, and other animals. The local Episcopal church here will bless your dog uh, on a certain day of the year. They bless dogs and cats and uh, whatever. Uh, so, uh, dogs, there's only three words that are used in the Bible uh, for dogs. The Hebrew word uh, means to yelp or attack. And there's two Greek words in the New Testament. One means a hound. And uh, the scripture that is used in Mark 7 and Matthew 15 about the Syrophoenician woman uh, is a different word, and it means a puppy. And it is the only place is that that word is used. And of course, it's referring to the Gentiles there who were referred to as dogs. Now, uh, dogs uh, generally in the Bible are, are not respected that much. But uh, we like to look at it as it is used in, uh, in uh, application. Uh, there, of course, it is used both literally and figuratively. Forty-one times in the Bible, it, it is used literally, referring to a dog, as, as uh, we would refer to a dog. And uh, so uh, it is used figuratively uh, the other times. So uh, we like to look at it in the figurative sense primarily today. We like to look at the domesticated dog and... I only found one scripture that was clear of being domesticated. In the days of the Jews, the dogs uh, run loose and in packs and, and were somewhat wild. As you go to other countries, you, of course, have the wild dogs. Uh, but uh, one time in Job 30 and verse 1, But now they that are younger than I have me in derision, whose fathers I would have disdained to have set with the dogs of my flock. And referring, I believe, there to the sheep dogs, uh, which were used, domesticated, and used uh, there to, for the flock. And, of course, those are used even today, and, and very effectively, may I say. Uh, in, I think in Australia, where they, they have uh, a lot of sheep, raise a lot of sheep, uh, they use the sheep dogs, and, and it's amazing how those dogs can be trained, uh, you know, to uh, carry out uh, the wishes of the shepherd. Uh, I, remember, I remember when I was growing up, my uh, granddad had a dog and, and uh, had a cow, and when it come time to, to milk the cow, he'd say to the dog, go get the cow. And the dog would go and come back with a cow. <laughs> and uh, so uh, that saved him a lot of steps. And, 
and a lot of work. So dogs have been used, of course, uh, to serve man in, in those capacities. Uh, they're used, of course, in hunting and, and very effectively. My uncle uh, used to have bird dogs and, and uh, uh, was able to train them. And, of course, they'd point the bird and, and would not flesh the bird up to the proper time. Uh, someone said these, uh, these uh, fellows bought this bird dog and, and uh, uh, they said, we're going to throw it up one more time. If it don't fly, we're going to shoot it. Uh, but uh, anyway, dogs are used for hunting and, and, and for other things. Uh, I know Doug there has, I, I guess uh, he said all his dogs got killed. I think the bears killed his, he found one. Uh, he's a bear dog, a bear hunter, and hunts with the dogs and all. And so dogs are, are, have been used to serve man and, and uh, for various purposes. And of course, primarily dogs are used for pets. And a person can become very attached to a dog. And uh, many people do, and dogs are very important. I know my dad uh, had a dog, and he don't know where someone stole it, or of course it was kept outside, and... Uh, or uh, what may have happened to it, just disappeared. So uh, we have the domesticated dog in Luke 16, 21, and desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. Now, where the, where the, uh, the dogs that just run loose, or where this was the domesticated dog, it doesn't say clearly. But, you know, as I read that, the story of the rich man Lazarus, I think of those dogs had more mercy over, the, over Lazarus than the rich man. You think of that. That uh, the dogs were better to him than that rich man was. And sometimes, you know, uh, that can be true. You know, a dog can be uh, better to you than, uh, than people sometimes. So we have the domesticated dogs. So that's not the message. We'd like to look at it in the, in the figurative sense as it's used in the Bible. And we have it used in a degenerate sense here, and I go to the scripture here in Deuteronomy that may have puzzled you. Let me read it again, verse 17. There shall be no whore of the daughters of Israel, nor a sodomite of the sons of Israel. Of course, a sodomite was a homosexual. Thou shalt not bring the hire of a whore or the price of a dog into the house of the Lord thy God for any vow, for even both these are abomination unto the Lord thy God. Now this has been uh, misinterpreted uh, down through the years. As, well, if, if a man has a dog and he sells the dog, and then don't bring any of that money into church because that'd be an abomination. You're not talking about a little dog here. It's talking about a homosexual. And, and if you read that in the context with verse 17, verse 18 together, it's clear talks about the whore and the sodomite. Comes verse 18, don't bring the hire of a whore the price of a dog. And of course, these, uh, talking about the sodomite, uh, in the heathen worship, they incorporated all these illicit sex activities. Uh, of course, even in their so-called worship of their heathen gods. And uh, uh, the Lord, uh, of course, detested that. And it was an abomination unto the Lord. And, and, you know, the Lord said, don't bring that into the house of God. Don't bring the price. Don't uh, prostitute oneself uh, for money and then bring that to the Lord. 
That's what he's talking about. That God's business, God's work is not to be financed in that matter. So it is used in this scripture in a figurative sense, not literal, uh, as, as uh, you know, some would understand it. So he's talking about the degenerate, uh, uh, the sins of man, and, and those that go against nature that is spoken of in Romans chapter 1, uh, that is an abomination unto the Lord thy God, regardless of, uh, of uh, how the government may view it or how society may view it. This kind of activity is an abomination to God. And uh, we need to understand that. And of course, he refers to him here as the dog again, that uh, the wild and the dogs that run loose and, and uh, uh, serve no real purpose is is used in a comparative term. Then we also uh, use, see it used figurative in a detestable way in Proverbs 26, 11, uh, as a dog returneth to his, own, to his vomit, so a fool returneth to his folly. This scripture is quoted also in 2 Peter in the New Testament 2, 22, but it has happened unto them according to the true proverb, the dog is turned to his own vomit again, and the sound that was washed to her wallowing in the mire. Now that's not a very pleasant thought, but it's a true. It, it is true. A dog will do that. And I've seen dogs do it. And a dog turns to that that made him sick to start with. And he uses that as a, as a picture of a detestable thing that it's amazing that a person that lives in sin will go right back to the thing that made him sick to start with and brought the, uh, the uh, tragic results that it did. A person gets drunk, they get a hangover, they get sick, and, uh, and then they go back the next weekend and do the same thing again. Does that make any sense? I've seen, my, I've seen that happen to my uncle. And, and he'd get sick, and then he'd go right back to it. He'd drink and, and, and get sick and, and, and throw up, and, and it wouldn't be five minutes, he's pouring her down again. Uh, and so those that, that go back, those that follow sin, and, and of course the reason for that is the addiction. Uh, the Bible said, Whosoever committed sin is a servant of sin. Sin enslaves. It enslaves the will. And uh, the Lord uses the actions of a dog uh, to, uh, to illustrate the, uh, the binding of sin and, and how awful sin is. And, and he uses the comparison, the sow that was washed to water in the mire. So uh, in, the, in the same verse, he, he puts the hog and the dog. And that gives you an idea of, of how the Jews felt of dogs uh, in particular, and of course, they weren't talking about a, a pet as we have them today. He's talking about the dogs that run loose and, and uh, run the city and, and in the garbage and, and, and serve no real purpose of man. But uh, the sow that was washed to water in the mouth, that's the nature of a pig. Uh, it shouldn't be the nature uh, of a human being. But sometimes humans are, are as bad as as dogs or as bad as pigs or sometimes worse. Uh, and we used to grow uh, hogs when I was, grow pigs into hogs when I was growing up. 
and my dad would feed them and, and uh, uh, you know, get them as fat as you could, and that probably wasn't good for you uh, as far as eating the meat then. But, uh, uh, you know, he said, he said a hog is doing good when they get so fat that they lay down to eat. And, and I've seen that happen, that uh, of the old hogs. Uh, so, uh, but, uh, it, you know, the, the wilding and the filth and the nastiness, and when you kill the pigs, you'd have to uh, do a lot of cleaning on them and, and, and get the skin cleaned up and put that hot boiling water on them and, and uh, clean that up. And, and uh, then you fry those meat skins. Those were good, weren't they? Even though they'd been wilding around that mud. You say, you've turned me against meat skins. <laughs> well, that's the nature of a pig. That's the nature of a pig. I, I heard about a pig one time that, that they had in this uh, carnival, and, uh, and uh, they had it all, all cleaned up and had a bow tied around it and ribbon, and, and uh, they had put some letters down of the alphabet, and a pig would pick out G-O-O-D, P-I-G, good pig. And uh, they'd told, they, they tell me, I, uh, by the way, you know, some people has these uh, Vietnamese pigs as pets, and they say they, uh, they can be taught more than a dog. I don't know. Uh, you know, if you want a pig for a pet, you go ahead. I don't want one. But, uh, uh, you know, one day the, the pig is missing, and they begin to hunt for the pig. And you know where they found it? In the mud hole. Because that's, that's what pigs love. That's the nature of a pig. And we shouldn't be like that. God help us not to be compared to the dog and the actions of a dog there are to a pig. God expects more of us. And then, uh, if you'll turn with me, please, to Isaiah 56. I want to see another reference here in Isaiah 56. And uh, uh, verse... Uh, 10 through 12, uh, we have a comparison here of the deceived, the false prophets. Verse 10 of Isaiah 56, his watchmen are blind, they are all ignorant, they are all dumb dogs, they cannot bark, sleeping, lying down, loving to slumber. Now that's not a very flattering comparison. Uh, you know, we used to live beside some folks and they had some African dogs and they didn't bark, but they'd bite you. <laughs> they knew how to bite, but they, they never barked. Yeah, I wish that could be said of my neighbor's dogs. All they do is bark. He said, these are dumb dogs that can't bark. <laughs> I don't know whether my neighbor's dogs are dumb or not, but I'll tell you one thing, they know how to bark. Uh, they cannot bark, he said. Uh, they sleep in line down, loving to slumber. Yeah, they're greedy dogs which can never have enough, and they are shepherds that cannot understand. They all look to their own way, everyone for his gain, from his quarter. Come, you say they, I will fetch wine, we will fill ourselves with strong drink, and tomorrow shall be as this day and much more abundant. Now what a tragedy. Here is the watchman or the prophets, those that should be looking for the enemy and warning of sin, Warning of danger, and they're all laying up there drunk. Bunch of drunk preachers. Can you imagine? And the Lord compares them to, to dumb dogs and greedy dogs and, 
And again, it's not flattering here in this case. He's talking about these wild, run-loose things and, and uh, that were not uh, looked on very uh, with pleasure, of course, by, uh, by the Jewish people. And so uh, God help us not to uh, fit that category. In, in Philippians 3, 2, he says, Beware of dogs, beware of evil workers, Beware of the concision. Paul again uses the comparison to false prophets, to those that, that uh, give the wrong message. He says, beware of them. They're, they're like the dogs that, uh, that r- ramble through the garbage at night. Uh, beware of these evil workers and these uh, evil men. And then in Matthew 7, verse 6, Give not that which is holy unto the dogs, neither cast ye your pearls before swine, lest they trample them under their feet and turn again and rend you. And, uh, uh, you know, people that, uh, that refuse the truth, and, and uh, I think we ought to witness to everybody we have opportunity to witness to. But I think there are people that have rejected the truth and want no, want no part of it. And God says, just, I believe, leave them alone. There's a scripture in the Old Testament, Ephraim is joined to his idols, leave him alone. Is what God said. Even God himself comes to the point that the Lord gives up on people. And leave him alone. Give not that which is holy, he says, unto the dogs. You know, sometimes I go out on visitation and uh, you, go up in the, you go up to the house and there's a big dog standing in the yard. And, uh, you know, someone usually, if I hesitate, someone say, oh, they won't bite you. I said, they won't bite you. <laughs> they might me. <laughs> uh, you know, dogs are very protective of their territory, aren't they? Generally speaking, and, and, and of their, uh, you know, of their master. Uh, so uh, I know dogs that uh, they say, why? They, they've never bit anybody, always the first time. And uh, so I'm, I'm somewhat careful of, of dogs. If I'm uncertain, uh, you know, I always hesitate and wait for someone to come. But I remember I was out visiting one night, I knocked on this door and they had a dog inside and it was a large dog. And uh, the, where we visited, the man uh, had a store, and he, he explained to me, we put that dog in the store at night. I said, I bet nobody bothers the store. He says, you're right. <laughs> but I tell you, I thought that dog was going to come through the wall. I, I, I was talking to the man at the door. I never even went in. He didn't invite me in. I never invited myself in. Uh, but uh, uh, it was a doberman, and, uh, and it, it acted fierce, and, and I've heard those particular breeds can be. The very next week, I believe it was, we was visiting another area, drove up in, in this man's yard, and there stood a doberman. I stayed in the, in the car, or truck, and uh, he, came, he came to the door, came outside and says, come on, it won't bother you. Boy, you can imagine my feelings. And uh, sure enough, that dog was just, just uh, you know, uh, just like a little pet. I mean, was, was a totally different dog. That's how they've been trained, of course. And so 
Uh, he says, Give not that which is holding to the dogs, lest they turn again and rend you. And, and uh, don't cast your pearls before the swine. Don't take your precious jewels and put them around the neck of the swine. The, the, the pig don't know how to appreciate it. <laughs> that means nothing to the pig. And uh, so uh, there are those, of course, that, that refuse the truth. And you know, uh, the cults that come around and knock on your doors and try to spread their false doctrine. I think you ought to, I think you, ought to uh, you know, give the gospel of Jesus Christ every opportunity you'd have. But just for the sake of argument, I don't think you're accomplishing much. You know, just, just to have an argument. You're not getting anywhere. Uh, uh, best, best thing I know in dealing with people is just to, just to tell them what Jesus means to you and what Jesus done for you. And uh, that's sufficient. That, in fact, that's the example. That's what Paul did. You know, you read, you read the book of Acts and, and uh, you find the apostle Paul after God saved him. Uh, you know what he did? He said, I want to tell you what Jesus did for me on the Damascus Road. He told it over and over again. He never got over it. And that's what we need to be doing. Then, of course, in Psalm 22, if you'll turn there, please, Psalm 22, we have uh, uh, the dogs used in a, uh, in a devilish sense. In Psalm 22, verse 16, and of course, this scripture is uh, uh, re referring to the suffering of Christ on Calvary. And look at verse 16 of, of Psalm 22, For dogs have compassed me, the assembly of the wicked have enclosed me. They pierced my hands and my feet. Verse 20. Deliver my soul from the sword, my darling, from the power of the dog. I think he's referring here to the wicked men and to Satan who was behind all this trying to get rid of Jesus Christ. And then in Psalm 59 and verse 6 and 7, they return at evening. They make a noise like a dog and go round about the city. Of those dogs that roamed at night and, and roamed the city and, and the garbage and all, and he uses that comparison. Belch out with their mouths, swords are in their lips, for who say they doth hear? Now he's using this comparison of the wicked, devilish enemies of Christ and the gospel. And you say Christ was not around then. Well, uh, Jesus Christ was in the beginning. And uh, all things were created by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. And so uh, he's the creator. But uh, we have this comparison here of the dogs that run through the streets and run at night and, and this type of dog. Now, he also uses, and this is uh, more in a positive sense, and that is a dead dog. Uh, the dead dog. In 2 Samuel 9, verse 8, we have in that chapter a wonderful story uh, of the grace of God, a wonderful picture of the grace of God, the story of Mephibosheth. And uh, uh, there... Uh, David, of course, Saul is dead, and Jonathan is dead, and David is king. And, and uh, David said, Is there any left of the house of Saul that I may show 
kindness to him for Jonathan's sake. And they said there's, a, there's one who's crippled. He was lame on his feet, both his feet. He was dropped as a youngster, and of course he became lame, could not walk. And uh, said, he's in Lodabar. And if you study that scripture, Lodabar was, was the slums, really. And you think here's the, uh, here's the grandson of a king that's living in the slums and that's lame on both his feet. And David said, I want you to send for him. And the king's chariot, the king's horses, the best, no doubt, in the land, go down to Lodabar. And uh, they go in and bring the news to Mephibosheth. And can you imagine what went through Mephibosheth's mind? He thought, wonder what the king wants from me. You know, the common thing in those days was, uh, you know, if, if, if one king was, was uh, put away from the throne, you know, uh, you know, that they'd kill, they'd kill anybody, any relatives of the previous king, uh, lest they might, you know, come back and take over. And it's kind of like the recent election, you know, President Clinton won, and so he goes out and kills Bob Dole and any of Bob Dole's relatives. Because <laughs> uh, he don't want any chance of him ever coming back and, and getting that position. Of course, our system doesn't work that way, but in those days, that's the way it worked. And, and so Mephibosheth, may have expected that. And can you imagine the surprise <laughs> when he goes in and says, uh, the king has sent for you, he wants to see you. And verse 8 said, and he, talking about Mephibosheth, bowed himself and said, what is thy servant that thou should look upon such a dead dog as I am? <laughs> He's basically saying, I'm... I'm lame. I can contribute nothing. Uh, you know, the normal thing for kings to do is to kill all the seed. I'm just a dead dog. You know, the scripture says uh, uh, a living dog is better than a dead lion because <laughs> uh, a dead lion is worthless and a, a living dog is some value. And, uh, but he said, I, I'm, I'm a dead dog. <laughs> a living dog, you may train it to hunt, or you may just, you have it as a pet for company and pleasure and whatever, or, uh, but a dead dog, what can you do with a dead dog? <laughs> a dead dog is, is, is worth nothing. It serves no purpose. And that's what Mephibosheth said. He said, uh, what is thy servant thou shouldest look upon such a dead dog as I am? And you know, folks, today, that's what we were. We were dead dogs. And uh, that, again, that's not a flattering comparison, but that's, that's a biblical comparison. That's where we were. And again, he's talking about these wild garbage coming out at night, these... Dogs running loose in the city, that type of dog. He compares us not, just, not to that living dog. He does do some comparison to that, but he goes further and says we're compared to a dead dog. <laughs> and that what the Bible says in Ephesians 2, 1, you at the quicken who were dead in trespasses and sins. We had nothing to offer God. We're dead. 
And God in his mercy and grace saved us. And finally, we have the doomed dog in Revelation 22, 15, talking about the new Jerusalem. For without are dogs and sorcerers and whoremongers and murderers and idolaters and whosoever loveth and maketh a lie. He says the dogs are not getting into heaven. Again, he's not talking about little dogs there. He's talking about those that have rejected Jesus Christ and those that have followed sin. They will not be allowed in the city of God. And so, you know, we can learn. We can learn. It's, it's amazing how, and, and you know the Lord Jesus was a master at this, how he could take things, common things and familiar things and teach truth uh, with them. And uh, even the study of dogs is, uh, can teach us a lot of, a lot of things uh, about truth. Okay, let's bow our heads, please.